Happy Mother's Day again as we are jumping into the Word. Can we just give a warm welcome to those who are watching online one time? Welcome wherever you're watching from. If you are sick, couldn't make it, if you're watching from another state, welcome. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. And if it is your first time or if you're just like visiting, checking us out, maybe watching online from a distance, for those who are in the room, we have these prayer cards that we pass out as you walk into the auditorium every Sunday. Please, whatever your next step is, we want to pray for you. If it's joining a circle, if it's joining the dream team, why don't we throw up this slide one time? We are building the dream team. So actually in about 18 months or so, we are moving into the Westfield YMCA. If you did not know that, it's being built on attached to the Westfield Natatorium. We are so blessed and so excited that that's an opportunity. But we are building a larger dream team for the future. Amen? So you can join the dream team. You can mark on this card, drop it in that black box if you give your life to Jesus, if you want to get baptized, whatever that next step is. Or you can go home, think about it, and jump online and fill out an application to join the dream team. But I would love to pray as we jump into the word. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Father, we thank you that you are in this room. Lord, we worship you. It doesn't matter what came against us this week. It doesn't matter what kind of distractions we're trying to take our eyes off of you. Lord, you're the author and the perfecter of our faith. That you already ran the race. That you were the trailblazer. That you were the one that was the forerunner that went out ahead of us. But you're also with us. You're behind us. You're for us. You're all around us, God. So we pause in this moment to recognize your presence. Lord, I pray that this message would refresh people that they'd be encouraged, that they'd be spurred on, that they'd have a new, fresh faith that's poured out today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that those who are far from you would be drawn near by the blood of Jesus, God, as it says in Hebrews. Wherever people are coming from, may we experience you and be transformed in the name of Jesus, everyone said. Amen Amen and amen. We are in a series called Trust the Process. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them it's worth it. Turn to somebody else, tell them it's worth it. And say it like you mean it. I mean, like you're saying like, it's worth it, man. Come on, it is worth it. Somebody said, trust the process. All right, we need to wake up this morning. I feel it. We need to get going. I want to say again, happy Mother's Day to everyone, whether you're watching online or in the room. But I want to give some context for this morning. As we jump into Isaiah chapter 40, before we read it, it'll be up on the screen. I want to give some context here. I want to talk to everyone this morning. Whether you're a mom or not, whether you are a brand new believer, if you are new to church, wherever you're at, I want to speak to you. And I am so thankful that the word of God, because it is God breathed, it's not just something that we read and learn a lesson from yesterday. Are you with me? It's something that speaks to our situation today. So whatever you came in here with, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with a relationship battle, if you feel burned out, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus Christ is the same, right? And the word of God is alive. It's different than any other text that you pull off of a bookshelf and say, oh, I want to read this. This is a cool book. I want to learn something from this. The Bible is alive, so it can speak to your situation. That is my prayer for you today. Isaiah chapter 40. The first 39 chapters, the prophet Isaiah had a really fun job to tell everyone about the judgment of the Lord. Anybody else want to have that job? One of the Old Testament major prophets, Isaiah, one of my favorite books of the Bible. And chapters 1 through 39, he's telling them about the judgment of the Lord. They are in this situation of Babylonian captivity. And as we jump into chapter 40, it's a turning point. 
And this turning point is a, an encouraging word to say, although you have been enslaved, although you have been in captivity, although you have been under a hard yoke of slavery, God is setting you free and he's actually going to shift this story in this moment. Chapter 40 says this, starting in verse 25, to whom will you compare me? says the Lord. Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up. Somebody just say lift. This is what the Lord wants us to do this morning. We need to lift up our eyes to the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? And why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary. We've got some tired babies with us today. I love it, man. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Verse 30, even youths grow tired and weary. The young stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, is anyone else thankful for this? Those who hope, who trust in the Lord, who who say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They They will walk and not be faint. This is the title of the message that the Lord gave me to encourage you today with is this. We are going to move from soar, S-O-R-E, to soar, S-O-A-R, this morning in Jesus' name. I believe it for you. God already put it in my spirit that there will be breakthrough this morning. There will be people walking out of here encouraged like you've never been before, not because of me, not because of the sermon, but because of the Word of God that will touch the situation that you're going through today. I believe it in faith. In Jesus' name. I want to show uh, some pictures up on the screen. Let you in on my life a little bit. This is a picture of me, my wifey. Happy Mother's Day to Lienza. If she's in the room, it's like blurry up here sometimes with the bright lights. I don't even know if she's in here. But this is uh, Lienza and my daughter, Aliana. And uh, we love to travel. So uh, traveling with a two-year-old, we always pray like I've shared before. We pray for two things. One, we pray for open doors to witness to someone on the plane. And then we pray, number two, would you, uh, Lord, would you please provide people that, that aren't going to be offended that we have a two-year-old right next to them during the flight? That is the next prayer. And uh, I want to go to the next picture here. Uh, this is just fun. And then the third one here, I just like this one just for fun. Uh, <laughs> Hey, you, you'd be surprised how many witnessing opportunities come from this little girl right here. Don't let others look down on you because you're young. I'm not even kidding because... People are like, oh my gosh, I see the Lord through this little two-year-old. Why do I share this, though? When you're traveling and you're going from airport to airport, you're going from rental cars. Does anyone else just like have problems with rental cars? You're like, oh my gosh. Avis Preferred. Is there really any difference between Avis Preferred and Avis? I don't know yet. I still don't know. Okay. Got a tough crowd this morning. All right. Everybody's like, no, man, I'm Enterprise. Why are you even talking to me about Avis, Andy? All right, let's loosen up here this morning. Okay, so, 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 so rental cars, right? And you just get stressed. You get bogged down by the weight of life. You're like, I got to go from the rental car to the airport and make sure that I got the strawberry bag for my daughter and I got the, the coffee and making sure that uh, my wife's got her uh, diaper bag for Aliana. And then we're like making sure that the suitcase is there. And like, you're just going from one thing to the next. You're in survival mode at that point, right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. Here's the first point that I want to share with you all is 
for so many of us today, I felt this in my spirit as I was preparing. Number one is this, if you're taking notes. I think a lot of us are sore from just looking down. We're sore from just trying to put food on the table. We're sore from just trying to get to the next appointment. We're sore from just going from the gym to work to Netflix to bed, repeat over and over. And we're just trying to make it to the next. God, if I can just make it to the next moment, if I can just make it to the next day, can I first off encourage you that there is a grace of the Lord in those seasons, in those moments where sometimes you see that picture where it's like Jesus is walking right beside you and then you don't see the footprints anymore. And in those seasons, you realize he was carrying you, he was with you, he is delivering you, and oftentimes you don't feel it, you don't see it. Is anybody with me this morning? But but I just felt this in my spirit that so many of us are just on the edge of burnout this morning. Some of us are on the edge of giving up. Some of us are on the edge of giving up hope. Some of us are on the edge of really doubting, like, God, did you really say that? Because I'm this close to just throwing in the towel. We're sore from looking down. Look at what verse 26 says and hear this prophetically to you today. Lift up. Somebody just say lift up. Lift up your eyes off of your busyness, off of your situation, off of the stress, off of the pressure. You realize this. If the devil cannot destroy you, he will just distract you. If the devil cannot steal your faith, he will just steal your focus. Lift up your eyes today, church. To the one who made all the heavens, who created all these, who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. And I felt this. We don't have time to dream the calling that God put on our heart, the vision, the purpose that he spoke into you because we're just too busy looking down. If I can just make it to the next point, if I can just get it to the car and then make sure that that email sent through. And God is telling us today, lift up your eyes again because we're in this. We're in survival mode. I feel like so many of us today. We're in survival mode. Verse 30, look at what it says. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. To take it a step further, man, I think there might be some people here this morning watching online that you have been living in rebellion towards the Lord. You, you know you're living in sin. You, you know that you're being disobedient. You, you even know in your spirit that this morning that there's conviction even as you worship, as you want to lay, raise your hands, and, and you feel the weight from being sore, from the weight of your sin and the shame, the weight that comes from that, right? I want to encourage you this morning that there's a difference between guilt and conviction. Guilt comes from the evil one, right? But there is actually natural consequences when we choose to live outside of the ways that God has set up, when we choose to say, God, I know that's in the word, but I'm going to kind of just act like it's not there. There is a weight, there is a baggage, there is a burdensome that comes with living in that lifestyle. But Jesus offers us a yoke that's easy, a burden that is light, where you can lay those weights aside. But I felt like so many of us, man, we're sore from even just living in ways that, that, that are not godly. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's a purity thing. Maybe it's a drinking thing. Maybe, I don't know what that may be. Maybe it's a gambling thing, but the Lord is calling us back today. Look at verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Now, we need to look at the context of this. You see how he calls him Jacob and then Israel. There's a whole backstory to this, okay? In the Old Testament, there's this man named Jacob, and he was known as the deceiver. 
You want to have that meaning for your name? I don't think so, right? It's like, okay. He, he was a deceiver. He tried to trade the blessing. Esau, there's a whole story there. And he actually wrestled with God. He actually wrestled with an angel of the Lord. And then his name changed. He went from Jacob to Israel. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? That story in the Bible. Just nod your head. Okay. Now let's go back to that text, Darren, if you can throw that up. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say Israel? Now, Here's the deeper meaning that you could see from this is the Lord is speaking to the places that you would never want him to know about. Jacob. The Lord just doesn't speak to the person you are on Sunday. He speaks to the person that you are behind closed doors when nobody sees. He's saying, Jacob, I even love the parts of you that you feel like are ugly, that you feel like are weird, that you feel like nobody would ever consider valuable, even the parts that you have just thrown away. Why do you complain, Jacob? And then he calls him Israel. Do you see it? That the Lord is so gracious that even in your sin, even in your shame, even in the places where you're living in rebellion right now, he meets you right where you're at. And he actually calls you by a new name. That is your redemptive name, Jacob to Israel. This is the gospel that Jesus, he loves you so much. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He laid his life down for you. He actually walked through the ultimate fire so that you wouldn't have to. He took a crown of thorns. He was pierced to two pieces of wood. This is the gospel that Jesus died for you. He rose for you three days later so that you would not have to spend eternity in hell, but that you could spend eternity in his presence But he speaks to the Jacob in you, not just the Israel. He speaks to the places that you feel like you're so ashamed of, that there was abuse, there was abandonment, that people in this church don't even know about. But the Lord knows, and the Lord speaks to those areas today. He might even provide healing for you today. He wants to speak into the deepest part of your heart. Jacob to Israel. Look at what verse 26 says. Lift up your eyes. Look to the heavens. He who created all these, who brings them out, the starry host, one by one, calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. If God cares about the stars and feeds the sparrows, how much more does he care about you this morning? Does anyone believe that? That if he provides for the sparrows, how much more does he love you? How much more does he see your situation, what you're going through? But look at what he says. My way is hidden from the Lord. God, my cause is disregarded by you. Maybe that's how you feel this morning. God, you don't really see me. God, if you really cared about me, you would have changed my situation by now. God, if you really were present in my life, then I would not be suffering the way that I am today. This is the response. Lord, do you even care? My way is hidden from you. You need to hear this this morning. The Lord has not forgotten you. He sees you. He sees your situation. He knows the fire that you're walking through. He not only goes ahead of you, but he's with you in it, and he's fighting for you. I want to speak specifically this morning on Mother's Day. You know, there's a lot of moms that are, are, are hearing this. Maybe you've lost a baby. Maybe you've had a miscarriage. Maybe Mother's Day right now is a bitter taste in your mouth because you, you had a, a mother pass away. Maybe you want to be a mom and you haven't had kids yet, and you're saying these words, Lord, my way feels like it's hidden from you, that you are just disregarding my situation. Let me just encourage you again. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees your situation and the Lord has a plan for redemption. Whether you feel it right now or not, the truth is you all, if you're a believer in Jesus, this is not the end of your story. 
that God is still writing your story, that he even has a plan of redemption. If you could just see it, the plans and the hope and the future that he has for you, I know you don't feel it right now, but I feel like some of us this morning, we need to trust the Lord even if we don't feel it this morning. We need to put our faith in him even if we don't like it, that this is a decision of devotion this morning. To say, God, even when I feel like I'm not as blessed as I want to be, I will still say, blessed be the name of the Lord because he's always worthy. He's always worthy. Here's number two. Maybe some of us, we are sore because we are flying with crows. We're not flying with eagles. What do I mean by this? I want to put up a a little graph here. This is what I was thinking through as I was praying. I'm, I'm a visual person. And there's a difference between a crow and an eagle, right? And hang with me here. Obviously, you're going to go through like the whole physical, the biological side. But I want to see this through a relational metaphor lens here that for so many of us, you all, the reason why we're not soaring and succeeding and seeing fruit in our life may not just be because of our own decisions, of our own consequences. It's the people we have surrounded us with. Here's the difference between a crow and an eagle, right? You need eagles around you. Crows are going to be the people that pick apart everything that you do. You know, crows are literally called scavenger birds, that they spend a lot of their time really low, and they eat dead things, they eat decaying things, they eat things that are already in the past. Are you with me? They pick apart things. Crows are threatened by you. They are threatened by the God in you. You know that whole phrase that says, I see in you? I see in you a calling. I see in you a future. I see in you. These are what eagles will say. When you meet an eagle, there'll be someone that walks alongside you. They're going to tell you truth and love when you need to hear it. But they're going to be the people that say, I see in you a leader. I see in you someone that this isn't the end of your story. But so many of us, we are surrounded by crows. And you know what the hard thing is, is when crows are in your family. When crows are in your close friend group that you've been friends with since high school and you feel the the Holy Spirit tugging on you like, I probably shouldn't be friends with that person as much as I am anymore. That when seasons change, our relationships often have to change too. But some of us, God is calling us to soar like an eagle, but you are living in the past like a crow. You are picking apart dead things. You are even replaying situations from three, four, five, ten years ago. And you are stuck in the past when the Lord is saying, lift up your eyes this morning. Is anybody with me? Lift up your eyes that there is a new future. There's a new chapter that God's writing in your life. But you can't stay stuck in the past. You can't stay stuck in what was the old friend group, the old situation. As we see in the Old Testament, the cloud has moved. That the way that the Lord blesses and will advance the next chapter of your life, you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to let go. You have to be willing to say, Lord, this is a new wineskin. What does Jesus say? You can't pour new wine into an old wineskin or it will burst. The Lord is saying prophetically this morning that for a lot of us, there's a new wineskin happening in our life. And you have to be willing to pivot, willing to change, willing to let go of what was. Crows are often takers. You ever spend time with someone? It feels like you ran a mile marathon, 12-hour journey, and it was just 30 minutes with them. And then you spend 30 seconds with an eagle and you feel uplifted. You feel like they spoke purpose into you. They're not going to sugarcoat it, but they're going to tell you, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord sees about you. Some of us need to eliminate some crows from our life. 
You're not abandoning them, but you're setting boundaries. You're saying, Lord, I can't afford to let the destiny and the calling and the weight of what you spoke on my life be thrown away because of one crow. But that's what Satan wants. You realize that? You don't even realize how one voice in your life that's distracting, that's destructive, that's divisive could literally be holding you back from every single thing God has ever spoken into your life. One crow. Here's how I'd say it in my notes. You need a safe place to fail. This is what eagles are. You need a safe place to pull back the veil. Who are you when no one sees? When you take off the mask, when you say, man, this is what I'm actually struggling with. Manuel, I'm so thankful that as the pastor of this church, I feel surrounded by eagles here. I feel surrounded by elders and prayer warriors. I could just shout them out. I could shout out Juan. I could shout out Beth. I could shout out Kevin, Stephen. My parents. I could go down the list. I'm so thankful. But I want to ask you that question. Do you have that in your life today? Do you need to actually make a step of boldness and courage to say, this crow in my life, I cannot, I cannot give them the same window in my life that I once had because this is a new chapter. God is doing something new in my life. You may have to let go of old things, but when you let go of something old, you realize that God always has something new. He's ready to open for you. You realize that every time he closes a door, he opens another door. This is the journey of leadership. This is the journey of spiritual maturity to say, Lord, I will always pivot when you tell me to pivot. I will always move when you tell me to move. I will always change when you tell me to change because time is too short. There are too many souls to be saved. The calling is too important to be distracted. This is what I put in my notes. You need people who will go to war for you when you don't believe it anymore. One of my mentors, his name is Kevin Myers. He planted 12 Stone Church. They're one of our church partners. And he has been pastoring for 35 years. And this is just coming back to my mind right now. When he first planted you all, they were discouraged. There were actually 82 people for the first six years. They actually called themselves, I think they call them the Hind 76 Church or whatever. Is that on the ketchup bottle? Is that a thing? Yeah, 57. Oh, man, I'm all messed up. He said there were like 57 people, and they called themselves the Heinz 57 Church for a long time. I thought that was hilarious. But there was this moment where he planted, and he was starting to second-guess everything. And financially, they weren't doing as well, and it was just all these questions. And he went to his leader, Wayne Schmidt, which is our general superintendent, and he basically told Kevin, he basically said, Kevin, if you don't believe, if you don't have faith, borrow some of mine. These are the kind of people you need in your life. That when you feel all the insecurities and all the comments on Instagram and all the Facebook and all the distractions, you need three, four, five people that can say, I know who you are and it doesn't matter what they said because God already spoke it. He already declared it over your life. Do you have crows or eagles? Are you a crow or are you an eagle? We talked about this in our men's group the other night. That so many of us were praying for new friends and we asked this question on Tuesday night. They said, would you want to be friends with you? Man, that's a tough question, right? That's convicting to me. It's like, man, like, like there's this pastor in Los Angeles. He calls it me, me monsters, narcissists, where it's like, man, it's never about the other person. It's always about you somehow. It always gets, the spotlight always gets put back on you, and, it, and, it, and you can't really listen because you just want to talk more and more about yourself. It's like, hey, we have to evaluate. If I want to get new friends that are godly and kingdom-minded, can I be one of those to them? So I remember... This would have been two years ago, around May of 2021. 
And uh, I was specifically struggling at that time. This was just after the Lord called us to plant the church, and I was transitioning from my last church, Trinity. And I was just struggling. I was going through a lot of changes. We were uh, just brand new parents, and I know it's Mother's Day. I want to share a story about my mom. She doesn't know how much this meant to me. But I was bogged down, man. Like, I was discouraged, and I felt like the crow. I felt like I was just hyper-analyzing everything in my life. You realize that so many times when we're critical of other people, it's because we're critical of ourselves. That when we're perfectionist of other people, it's because we put ourselves up to this level that cannot be attained, and then we put it on other people too, right? I was the crow. I was struggling. I was, I was fearful about all these decisions I had to make. And my mom shared this phrase with me, and it just stuck with me all the way through. She told me, Andy, be the eagle and don't be the crow. That phrase has stuck with me for the last two years when all these moments where I'm just going from one meeting to the next, discouraged about this, wondering about that, the Lord says, lift your eyes. Where does my help come from? I look to the hills. My strength comes from the Lord, the Lord Almighty, who always is ready to pour out fresh strength and fresh grace when we need it. All we have to do is ask for it. He is our Father. So the the text says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Yes, I know you're tired. I know you're weary, church. But he will never grow weary. He will never grow tired. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength. Somebody just say strength. To the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even you grow tired and weary and stumble and fall. But those who hope, who what? Who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Here's the third point for us this morning. Is we're going to move from soar, S-O-R-E, to soar, S-O-A-R. Proverbs 11.28 says this. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Now, when we think about the gospel today in America, we have boiled it down to just the cross. What do I mean by that? When you hear the the good news of the gospel, we often stop with just the symbol of the cross. That is the symbol of salvation that Jesus died for us. He made a way for us. We will be celebrating that for all of eternity, but we often forget the resurrection We often forget that Jesus didn't just die for us, but he sent his spirit. In my notes, I want to just, I pray this is so ingrained in your heart this week. Jesus did not just die for us so we could survive. He rose so we could thrive today in Jesus' name. And I'm not talking prosperity gospel. I'm not talking like, so I can go get my car and my house and, you know, no, no, no. Like Jesus died and rose, sent his spirit so that you could live in victory so that you could actually live with authority over every evil spirit around you, to walk around not going from bummer to bummer, but from from glory to glory. Does anyone believe that? But you have to tap into that. You have to tap into the anointing that's on your life. And the way it happens is by going to your knees, right? It's not by doing a song and dance and saying, God, give me this. It's by really admitting that you don't have the strength to carry on. 
God, if you don't come through, I cannot change one more diaper because it's crazy. And the, the older the kids get, the diapers get crazier. Any parents that I'm talking? Okay, it's like, come on. But, but, but you can't soar unless your knees hit the floor. This is the place where you find strength. This is the place where you find renewal of your mind. You open up your Bible and you say, God, I don't have what it takes. I don't have any more ounce of energy, but fill me afresh. Fill me. And he will every single time, every single day. And here's what I wanted to tell a mom who needs to hear this today. There is a miracle in the mundane that you are going through right now. You realize that so much of parenting is these strategic moments that add up, compound over time in its discipleship. It's miracles in the moments that seem random. That's what Satan wants to convince you of. If I'm talking to a mom today, I know from even watching my wife, she's the most incredible mom in the world, that Satan wants to convince you that these moments don't matter that the diapers you're changing don't matter, that you pouring into your kids, it doesn't really matter. This is what the enemy is going to tell you all day long when on the other side, the Lord is telling you there's a miracle in the mundane happening every single day of your life. You realize we make miracles just about big revivals, just about physical healings. Oh my gosh, there were 3,000 people that got baptized. Do you realize that the miracle is just as important to the Lord in the mundane? The miracle that no one will see, that you stayed up late while your kid was throwing up, you stayed up late to pray for them, even though they don't even know you were praying for them. All the hours that you spent investing time and energy, time and energy, and no one high-fived you. No one said they even cared. But the Lord saw, and the Lord saw your faithfulness. You realize that so many times in our life, you all, we're planting, watering, planting, watering, and you don't get to see the harvest someone else will reap your harvest. There will be a youth pastor 10 years from now that will reap the harvest that you have sown as a parent. There will be a college professor that says, oh my goodness, I don't know where this kid came from, but they have been discipled. They have been trained. They have been prayed for. And they're going to reap the harvest that you spent 18 years praying for and investing in. Look at what 2 Timothy 1.5 says. I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, Paul says, who first lived in where? Your grandmother. Who then lived where? In your mother. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Here's the truth is there wouldn't be a Timothy without the Lois. There wouldn't be a Timothy without the Eunice. There wouldn't be a Timothy without the great-grandparents and the great-great-great-great-grandparents that you would never even hear about in Scripture, but they are being blessed and rewarded for their obedience in heaven. I want to encourage a mom today, wherever you're at, maybe I'm not even speaking to a mom in this specific situation, you just need to hear, there's a miracle in the mundane. There doesn't need to be a big revival concert to celebrate it, but there's a miracle in the mundane. These moments of obedience, these moments of faithfulness, these moments of getting up at 4 a.m. where no one will ever see, but the Lord sees. There's a miracle in the mundane. There's a miracle when you push through all the adversity. There's a miracle when you stay focused and you're distracted. There's a miracle when you say, Lord, whatever the cost, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to tithe, even though I don't even have a job right now. There's a miracle in the mundane. I'm still going to give, even though I don't feel like I have the finances. There's a miracle in the mundane. Am I talking to anyone this morning that believes that? Look at what Psalm 78 says. 
we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation about what you have done, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his great wonders of what he has done. He has decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. Verse 6, so what? The next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in their turn, would tell their children. They would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but keep his commands. Verse 8, they would be like not their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation who didn't want to hear from God, but they would have hearts of flesh, not a stone, who would be loyal to him, unlike their ancestors, right? I share this at every wedding that I do now, and this has changed my life and my perspective of what it means to be a leader in a family. Not at your career, not at your workplace. You realize there will always be another one of me. There will always be another church planter. There will always be another spoken word artist. There will always be another kingdom leader that wants to do something in Westfield. But there will only ever be one of me in my household. Do you believe that? That the most unique thing that you could ever do as a parent is to bless your kids, to raise them in the ways of the Lord. It will be the most unique role that you will ever be able to steward. And for those who feel like, man, I, I want to be a parent, but Mother's Day is just, it's hitting hard right now. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. He has not forgotten you. But when the enemy tells you that this is just a bunch of random duties that you are doing as a parent, you realize that God is saying you are a generational chain breaker. You are a, literally a, creating a generational lineage that one day all of heaven will rejoice because of your obedience and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. These are not random moments of your obedience. These are not just random things, but God is saying, what can I entrust you with? I want to bless you with more. And I felt this prophetically, even as we're thinking, maybe you're like, man, Andy, I I feel like I'm in the stage of like, I'm an empty nester now. Maybe you're right there on that edge. Maybe you're raising kids and they're in high school, middle school. You realize that you got to still let your kids spread their wings. And I felt like I'm speaking to some parents, maybe watching online or in the room. It's like, you're hanging on for dear life. And God is saying, let them spread their wings. Let them go. Because Psalm 91.4 says this, He will cover you with His feathers. Under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You can entrust your kids to the Lord. And maybe I'm speaking to someone on Mother's Day. Maybe I'm speaking to a mom that's like, man, I've let my kids go, but I don't know if they're following Jesus. Can I tell you that it's not too late? that God is still pursuing them. He loves them. He wants to bring them home. Do not give up your hope, but lift up your eyes to the Lord that will renew your strength over and over and over. Even when you feel like giving up, he's just pouring more into you. He's, he's pouring more until you're overflowing. That The intercession that you're praying for your kids is not in vain, but God has heard every single one of those prayers. He has literally holding in a bottle every single tear that you have ever shed. God cares for you that much. He's that close into your situation. Would you stand to your feet? So I prophesy and I believe this in faith over you all this morning, whoever's watching online, that you will move with a decision this morning 
to live into your calling, to live into fresh faith, to live even through the adversity, even through the pushback, even through the distractions, to move from soar, S-O-R-E, to soar, S-O-A-R. But how does that actually become applicable? The only way, again, to soar is for your knees to hit the floor. That is the only way. It's the way of self-denial. It's the way of the cross. It's the way where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But this is a narrow road. This narrow road comes from you saying, I don't have it, Lord. I'm not my own boss. I don't control my own destiny. I don't control my own calling. You are sovereign. You hold the keys of my destiny in your hands. So I submit to you. I trust you. I give you my life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? God, I thank you in Jesus' name that you are refreshing faith right now. For the believers right now that that are just so weary and you feel the burdens and you feel the stress of life, God is just saying right now, give it to me. Surrender it to me. Even I just encourage the believers right now, even just hold hold up in your hands to just let go of whatever you're holding on to right now. Maybe it's financial pressure. Maybe it's relational conflict. Maybe it's even just fear that God will never bless you the way that you want him to. Open up your hands right now to say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm laying this burden at your feet right now. And with heads bowed, even for for the non-believers that would say, you know what? I don't even know if I have a relationship with God, but I want to start one today. You've heard the gospel that Jesus died for you. He rose for you, that you could live not only in forgiveness, but you could live in victory today. And you want to give your life to him. You know right now, even under the sound of my voice, that you feel like you've had one foot in and one foot out. But today is the day where you're saying, I want to give my life wholeheartedly to God. Not just one area, but everything today. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Just lift up your hand if you want to make that decision today to say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. There's no pressure. For those who are watching online, you can make this decision. I see your hand. Is there anyone else that wants to make this decision? Let's pray this prayer silently or out loud together. Excuse me. Let's pray this prayer out loud together as a family. Just repeat after me. Father, Father, forgive me. I've sinned against you. I've been the crow. But you're calling me to be an eagle. But it starts with surrender. I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe you rose for me. Fill me with your spirit so I can tell others of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen amen and amen. If you believe it, that God is filling you afresh today, you believe he's worthy of all praise, if you believe that Jesus died for you, he rose, you can live in victory today, that he is refreshing you today. Would you just give him a shout of praise? You believe that? I'm right there with you. We will go from glory to glory. It doesn't matter. God will keep refilling. He will keep refreshing. He will be there every step of the way. You know why? He's already gone ahead of you. He's already gone ahead of you. So what do you have to fear? If God is for you, who could be against you? 
If the Lord already spoke it, no man, no demon could erase it. It's already on your life. He's already spoken it. So let's worship out of that faith. Let's raise our hands as we finish this song. Come on, let's praise Him.